0: And welcome to Umbulate Cum Nobis, your hiking companions on the road to heaven. My name is Rock.
1: And I'm Allie.
0: Today on Umbulate Cum Nobis, we will be talking about the vocation of single life and different vocations of that. But as always, before we begin, let us start with prayer.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O oh God, for whose honor the Bishop St. Stanislaus fell beneath the swords of his persecutors, Grant, we pray, that we may persevere strong in faith even until death. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. St. Stanislaus of Krakow, pray, pray for, for us. us. Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: So, as you heard from the prayer, the saint of today is St. Stanislaus of Krakow. However, this is only his feast day in the old calendar of the church. Uh, Now, the old calendar was used before Vatican II, and and it was just updated after Vatican II. So, we still, for the most part, observe the saints, and if you... um, go to the traditional form of the Mass, that still uses the old calendar. The other saints for today in the new calendar are St. Notkar Balbalus, that's a cool name, and St. John of Beverly. Allie, do you want to tell us a little bit about St. Stanislaus?
1: Yeah, St. Stanislaus was um, Polish, as he was from Krakow. He was of Polish nobility, the son of Belislaus and I feel like I might butcher these names. I, I I'm ashamed. I'm Polish, and yet I can't pronounce half of these. Um, and Wagna and raised in a in a very pious religious family. So he was raised Catholic. Um, after his family's passing, he distributed his his inheritance to the poor, and left for Sembox to become a priest. Um, he was very. He was a spiritual director, and he was also very strong in his faith in that he understood that no matter where you were in terms of social status, you were still responsible for your sins. So there was often this trend throughout history, which has fortunately um, been abandoned over the years of, like, such as buying penances and, like, seeing yourself, if you were of a higher power, you didn't need to worry as much about your sins. Um, this, an example of this was um, King... Boleslaus, um, who St. Stanislaus excommunicated um when he was a bishop due to his war crimes and attempted theft of land from the church. So when for those of you who don't know, excommunicated means that you were cut off from the church, you cannot receive communion until you make a good confession. Um so in in confession you apologize honestly for your sins and you admit your wrongdoings and God will forgive you. He's always open to forgive you, but penance is especially a time where your sins are completely washed away. Um, so King Loss, um would not go to c- confession. He would not um, atone for his sins. So St. Stanislaus excommunicated him. And because of this, he was murdered while celebrating the mass. Um, after this, Loss, um fled the country never to return. And his guilt led to him becoming a monk. And Saint. Stanislaus became a symbol of Polish patriotism and nationalism, and is sometimes considered a martyr.
0: You know, I don't know why he's not considered a martyr.
1: Yeah, that is odd. Maybe because he because he, he was executed because he refused, because he was executed because he excommunicated him, so perhaps it was like unlike other martyrs such as. Um, Saint Cecilia, who was executed while she was um, while she was did- while she was protecting her faith in Christ, perhaps because of the circumstances in which he was killed. He wasn't killed because he was Christian and because he wouldn't deny his faith, but more because he was not more because he was not committing the sin of allowing King Belisius to receive communion.
0: Yeah. Maybe, but isn't there a pope that also excommunicated somebody and, and, and they came and killed him for that and he's considered a martyr?
1: I'm not sure.
0: Was it a, Pope Leo, maybe? I don't remember. There's a lot of them. Yeah. So, a couple quick questions. Uh, well, one, one, uh, one quick question. Is there a specific spelling of Krakow? Because I've seen it spelled with a C and a K.
1: You are asking the wrong person that question. <laughs> I would love one of my main goals is to. Um, we are recording this in December, so one of my New Year's resolutions is that we um, is that I study more about my Polish heritage and learn more about my language and history, because I am unfortunately I know very little about it. <laughs> I,
0: know, I know. I don't know a ton about my heritage. My heritage is very Celtic. I'm- English mm-hmm. and Scottish and Irish, and then there's German thrown in there too. Uh, very feisty uh, bunch of people, all those are. But I, I know very little of my Scottish heritage after um, the 1200s. Mm-hmm. But before I that, I can trace it all the way back to Vikings. And there's this one Viking. Um, I don't know who's above him, it's the highest that I know of. I don't know who's below him other than one of his. Uh, than one of his ancestors, but his name is Ragnar Shaggy Breaches. And if that's just not a great name, I don't know what is. I mean, Bolasloss the Cruel, that's a pretty good name, but Ragnar Shaggy Breaches.
1: That is is definitely a unique name.
0: His uh, descendant is Olaf the Red. (laughs) <laughs> whose daughter got married to Summerled, who's a famous Scottish character. And Summerled's sons were Dougal and Reginald, and Reginald went to go found the MacDonald clan, and Dougal founded the MacDougal clan, and they were allies and took over most of Scotland during the early times of Scottish clans before they were overrun by the Campbells who just slaughtered them all.
1: All right, back on track. Um, so one thing that we can note that Saint Stanislaus and King Boleslaus Bull- had in common is that they both ended up living a single life which transitions smooth transition <laughs> into our topic today
0: That is true the single life is religious life that of course that is single but today uh, so that that would mean consecrated single life Mm-hmm. But there's also unconsecrated single life. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between those. I mean, obviously, one has vows mm-hmm. and the other doesn't.
1: Yep. Consecrated life, you typically take vows of chastity or celibacy. Um, So you would remain single for the rest of life. You don't get married. Um, I'm sure there's different kinds of ways that you can take those vows. Like those are commonly the vows that you take when you enter religious order, um, chastity, poverty, and obedience. For the life of sisters and nuns
0: and brothers and monks and, and
1: brothers and monks
0: and priests as well, right, at mm-hmm. least for um oh one thing nuns and brothers also take a vow of stability, but um priests uh they vow ability obil- uh, wow, what's that obedience to their bishop and to the pope right
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: So, but then there's also consecrated where you don't take all those li- uh, vows, such as, like, consecrated virginity. I don't know a lot about that. Um, I mean, like, but they don't take all the vows, right? I mean, that'd be someone like St. Lucy or St. Was St. Cecilia a consecrated virgin? St. No, Cecilia
1: she- was married, but I believe she yeah. was a, con- a consecrated virgin
0: but after she got married. I mean, she got married and then her husband was killed the next day or something like that. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. It depends on the stories you read. I remember reading one book where um, she was, she had already been, she had already made the vows of chastity before she was married. Um, Mm. So um, her guardian angel was sent to protect her. So if her husband tried to lay a hand on her, the angel would strike him down. Mm -hmm. And then he eventually converted.
0: So do you know much about consecrated virginity? Is it just vows of chastity or or are there any other vows? I mean, I don't know much about it at all.
1: It's another one that I'd definitely like to look into. It's something that I've considered. Um, it's as far as I'm aware, it's um a vow to the single life. So like you don't get married. Um and like you would still
0: keep, it's it's just a way to keep your focus on God.
1: Yeah. So you'd live your life in prayer similar to a nun, but you would still be, well, similar to a sister and a nun, but you aren't sworn to the vows of poverty and obedience, I guess, except to God. Um, And you wouldn't have to wear the habit.
0: That's part of the poverty. So, Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's also like hermits. Uh, Now hermits... Hermits are kind of the where monasticism started from, was from hermits. Um, but I don't think they take vows of um, obedience either necessarily. I mean, they they live alone, take vows of chastity, I presume. I mean, most of the stories you hear about hermits is just this guy living in the middle of a desert or on a pole in the middle of a city somewhere but um, I mean, they live in poverty. That's one thing about the hermit. And um, so I don't know a ton about hermits, but I know, I remember a lot of stories I've heard of hermits, I think like the devil torments the hermits mm-hmm. to try and get them to break their vows and they're like yelling at him and fighting the devil.
1: <laughs> That's probably that would make that definitely would like the life of a hermit is probably one of the more difficult roads one could take especially because silence is a very i know for me at least silence is very difficult it's you're alone with your own thoughts and those can easily be altered
0: mhm yeah it takes a lot of willpower to keep your thoughts focused on god so definitely the single life is hard in that way because keeping your thoughts straight on with god um it's just hard to do i mean distraction can take your mind off god but can also take your mind off evil and it can help divert you back to god so without the distractions um then you have without distractions it's it's just you and i mean sure hermits and and virgins all have things to keep them occupied. Hermit has to make sure his, his house is in good shape. He's got to find food somehow and find water. You need those for life. But yeah, that's a good point. We've all experienced, like we said, this is being recorded in December. We're getting this all done ahead of time. Uh, if we are starting a podcast, that's a good thing to do. Otherwise, it falls to ruins. I've tried it, trust me. We've all experienced hermitism to some degree Mm -hmm. during the COVID pandemic, at least in the early stages and some of the later stages or through all of it, like our family. You're just alone at home. Mm -hmm. And eventually you kind of run out of things to say. And so you're just kind of sitting there with your own thoughts. I don't know. I sometimes enjoy being alone though. I've been yeah. more recently out in the woods a lot, but that's like trying to outwit rabbits and raccoons and possums. Mm-hmm. I got a book about trapping for Christmas. So, Furs, here I come. I
1: know one thing that I really appreciate is my alone time. Like, I enjoy just having resting and not having to worry about conversation with a lot of people but one thing I've learned during the COVID is I definitely need that at some point like I need to have conversation with other people
0: and as a hermit or consecrated virgin that doesn't mean you can't talk to people Mm -hmm. I mean often people would come seeking hermit's advice and it was by their own will that they would or would not talk to them
1: and consecrated virgins can also live like in everyday life um like, they, they have their own house, and...
0: Sometimes they live as a group, too, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's closer to, like, a convent, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if some orders of nuns kind of started out that way. I mean, I think the poor Clares did, because, like, she was the only woman follower of St. Francis, so they kept her in a Benedictine monastery, and then other people... Uh, other women joined her, and and then they finally started their own.
1: So that's all the consecrated single life. But there's also the unconsecrated single life, which, as an example, Rock and I are in right now. Like we're called at this moment in time to be single and focus on our studies in school.
0: Yeah, that that goes along kind of with what we said in our first episode. If you've forgotten, go back and listen to it about our ultimate vocation being to to constantly seek out what God is calling us to. And that may change, like as, as a child, you are called to an unconsecrated single life. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just part of it and that may change, but uh, you may be called to that throughout the rest of your life also. For instance, uh, our, mm-hmm. our old music teacher um, was just devoted to his profession. I don't know if there's any consecrated or unconsecrated about that. I never asked, but it seems to be that way with a few mu- musicians, I know, where you're just devoted to your profession. And that can be a good thing. You can devote and give your profession fully to God and 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 live that way and kind of live like the Benedictines, pray and work, and give that work that you're doing to God without being in an order. Let's see uh, what the catechism has to say about single life. Would you what would you find that under
1: um maybe vocation
0: yeah
1: or maybe the vows of chastity, poverty and obedience
0: oh here's virginity for the kingdom of heaven okay well it's not under vows and it's not under vocation
1: um maybe
0: there is a section that says virginity for the kingdom of heaven um 1620 oh here it is it starts at 1618 all
1: right
0: christ is the center of all christian life the bond with him takes precedence over all bonds uh, familial or social from the very beginning of the church there have been men and women who have renounced the great good of marriage to follow the lamb wherever he goes to be intent on the things of the lord to seek, to please him, and to go out to meet the bridegroom who is coming. Christ himself has invited certain persons to follow him in this way of life, of which he remains the model. For there are Enochs who have been so from birth, and there are Enochs who have been made Enochs by men, and there are Enochs who have been, who have made themselves Enochs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to receive this, let him receive it. Both the sacrament of matrim- matrimony and virginity for the kingdom of God, or... Uh, hermits just single life in general basically come from the lord himself it is he who gives them meaning and grants them the grace which is indispensable for living them out in conformity with his will esteem of virginity for the sake of the kingdom and the christian understanding of marriage are inseparable for they reinforce each other whoever degenerates marriage also diminishes the glory of virginity whoever praises it makes virginity more admirable and and resplendent what appears good only in comparison with evil would not be truly good the most excellent good is something even better than what is admitted to be good that comes from what was that saint john chrysostom so it's christ himself who defines single life so basically, by choosing to live a single life, you are choosing to conform your life as similarly with Christ's on earth. I mean, what better way is there to do that? I was at mass this morning, and the priest saying mass told a story, and he uh, uh, during the homily, and he said, he said, I didn't become a priest to have fun. I became a priest to die. I became a priest to die for Christ, to give my life for Christ, and to fight as hard as I can for Christ. And if God wills it, then I will die for him. That is the attitude we need to have towards every vocation. Is This is not for us. It is it's for God. We need to be willing to die for Christ.
1: And we see that in examples such as saints who have lived a consecrated life. Um, We mentioned earlier St. Lucy as an example of this. She was a child, but um, she gave her life to Christ and made a vow of chastity to him. Um, When she was told that she would have to, I believe this was St. Lucy, who was when she was told she would have to marry, she refused. And because when she was revealed to be Christian, she was threatened with death, but refused so. Um Saint. Agnes is another example of this refused mm-hmm. marriage due to her vow of chastity, um, and was also executed. And they even tried to, with her especially, they tried to shame her. They um, stripped her of her garments um, and led her out into the public square. Um, and anyone and there was a man who tried to look at her with lustful eyes and he was immediately struck blind.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was reading um, Saint Rita of Cassica and I was like, "Wow, she's a lot like Maria Goretti." But I read it wrong. I thought like her her husband um, stabbed her to death, and then it went on to talk about how she joined a monastery. I'm like, "Wait, what?" But no, it says before her husband was ambushed and stabbed to death.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> so. Nope. St. Bede. I like St. Bede. Oh, I didn't know this. St. Bede was ordained in 702 by St. John of Beverly. So today's saint ordained St. Bede. You may know him as the Venerable Bede, the uh, English historian. Yeah. Anyways, i like bead bead is fun to read well an example of a hermit would be saint anthony at the desert who who lived out in the desert i think he was, was he considered one of the first no he wasn't one of the first hermits
1: i think that would be john the baptist
0: that's possibly. true yeah john the baptist was um lived a single life and and uh, yeah i guess he could be considered the first hermit Mm-hmm. and he lived in poverty and he didn't conform his life to the way of Christ although
1: well he dedicated his life to
0: to preparing to, for mm-hmm. Christ
1: he he would baptize i would i baptize you with water he will baptize you in the spirit
0: mhm and his humility definitely shows that he he was preparing for Christ and and was ready uh, for the coming of Christ. So maybe now is a good time to talk a little bit since the season's almost over about why it's important also to live your vocation well. I mean we talked about some of this in the first episode but we didn't mention the second coming either. Yeah we don't know when it is, we don't know how it is, we don't know how it works. But we know Jesus is coming to earth again. So it's important that we always be ready. And like we had said, in in order to get to heaven, um, you you must live out your vocation. In the same way, to be prepared for the second coming, because we don't know when it is. It could be now. Or now. Who knows? Maybe this episode won't even get released. I mean, the Mormons have tried to predict the end of the world so many times.
1: There have been plenty of conspiracy theorists that have also attempted.
0: We're still here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but we need to live out our vocation to be, constantly be ready for that. And in single life, that means living your life in, in conformity with with how Jesus lived, essentially. And you'll notice in the catechism, it said Christ chooses was it was it was it like a select few he chooses a specific number so he has so he calls certain people to that this is definitely not for everybody partially because it's not possible for it to be everybody but also if you feel this is your vocation don't be afraid of it I heard a guy say once, that's one of the worst things you can do is to be afraid of your vocation and have to like back into it. You don't want to have to back into your vocation. St. Faustina ran from her vocation. Mm-hmm. And God always had it there for her. All she had to do was come back. And when she chose to come back, then then she be- she eventually became a saint.
1: Um, St. Paul was someone who also he not only ran from his vocation, but he was strongly against it. Um, before he was Paul, he was Saul. And he was one of those who was executing Christians for their faith.
0: Recently, it was uh, St. Stephen's feast day. He actually was part of the martyrdom of the first martyr. Sorry, not Stephen. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Stephen. It's um, No, it is St. Stephen. Who was I thinking of? Yeah, St. Stephen. Like I said, he was part of the first martyrdom. (laughs) Um, And he also lived a single life. He devoted his life to preaching the gospel. Your vocation may be hard. It's just something you have to embrace and go along with. Christ calls us to, to, to carry our cross and to follow him. And that may not sound like much now but when he said that taking up your cross meant you're going to go die today that'd be like pick up your gun and follow me into battle but not quite the same <laughs> <laughs> but that is what we're called to do as the single life as a vocation to single life it's just another you're still going to be fighting the same battles Against evil, the same wrongs,
1: I, I think what I think what you're trying to say is like single life brings out many things the same way that um marriage and this and sisters do,
0: yes, exactly
1: beautiful out of each one of these vocations, as we always say,
0: and no vocation is better than the other. It's like just because this man decided to become a priest and this one got married doesn't mean one is better than the other. All of these vocations are necessary to fight the battle against evil. And that's part of what we're called to do here on earth, is to, is to fight against evil. And we can do that by following our vocation and following Christ. Part of our calling is, is, to, is to help fight that battle against evil uh, and, and, and to get to heaven. And it's important that we follow our vocation no matter what it is. That also means listening. Christ said uh, that that he will call uh, or that he chooses those who he wants to follow him in this way. So it's important that that people listen. There's no way you can escape his calling, like we said with St. Faustina. But, well, I think that's about all we have uh, to say on single life. I mean, it can take so many different forms, consecrated and unconsecrated, and it can take different forms within those. I mean, if you think about it. All vocations except for, except for marriage, are, are single life. It's and also, the diaconate, but we'll talk about that next time.
1: It's also a calling that can change in a way. Like at this moment, where Rock and I are both called to single life, but there could be a point where we could be, where like I could be called to marriage with someone, or maybe I will be called to live a single life forever as a sister. We don't, I don't quite know yet. <laughs>
0: And, and maybe, maybe you won't be called to live as a sister either. Maybe it'll be an unconsecrated single life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that about wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, let's end in prayer.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Saint Pray for us. us. Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you for listening. Have a good day.
1: You will be in our prayers, and um, we hope that we will be in yours.